Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Soulful Connections with Sam Black. Here, you will find opportunities for healing, renewal, and insightful conversation. Sam is an international psychic medium, trainer, and wellness coach, and is your answer for filling the soul. Good morning and welcome to Soulful Connections. This is your host, Sam Black, and I am live here in Niagara Falls, Ontario. So excited to be welcoming my good friend, Shirley Felder, this morning. You've had both of us on the show before, and uh, it's always wonderful to have Shirley when she joins us. And, you know, today we're going to be talking all about relationships. I get calls so often from people talking about how lonely they are and how isolated they feel they are and how overworked they are and how busy they are. And, you know, it really comes down to that whole, where is the intimacy gone in our relationships? Why is it that people are more connected than ever before, but so disconnected? And so we're going to be chatting all about the intimacy within relationships nothing's ever off limits with Shirley and I, you will know that. And callers are welcome today. So if you'd like to call in, if you've got something going on with a relationship, and you'd like some coaching with that, Shirley and I are more than happy to help, give you some insight, and really help other listeners know they're not alone. Because I know whenever anybody calls in, I always get at least 10 messages later on saying, oh my gosh, I totally needed that. So the number you can call in is 646-668-8878. So know that you're welcome to call in. And so my good friend, Shirley Felder, she is the creator of Ordinary Greatness in Woodburn, New York. And she is absolutely fantastic. Nothing's off limits. Shirley Felder, welcome to Soulful Connections. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I'm fantastic. How are you? I am good. Really good. Awesome. Really good. Awesome. Awesome. So Shirley is trying out a new mic today. So if you catch us, you know, giving each other flags when our mic's gone out. Um, thanks for your patience. <laughs> Sometimes we're all new to technology, and that technology is really playing a key role in relationships and where they're at today. So we're going to go there as well. So, Shirley, what have you been up to? You there, Shirley? See what I said? Technology. It's wonders. Okay, so I'm going to share a little bit about what I've been up to. Um, this week, we finish the Healing Through Time series that I've been doing here in Niagara Falls. And it's been absolutely incredible. We've been working on healing ourselves, healing through generations. And um, we're wrapping that up this week because next week I get started with the Intuition Development Circle, which is always super popular and a favorite. Um, And it'll be the last time I think I'm offering it until late 2019. So if you're here local, you want to get in on that. There are some spaces left open. And of course, when we go through talking about the intuition development, we really work on our relationship with ourselves because that is so key in trusting that little voice we have inside. So it falls in perfect line with today's topic. So Shirley, are you back? All right. I'm not sure what's happened with my friend here, but I know she will be back soon. So we're talking all about relationships. We're talking all about um, the intimacy within relationships. And sometimes that word intimacy, right away, people think we're, we're going to talk about sex today. And, and, you know, we definitely can if that's what you're wanting to talk about. But intimacy is not just about sex. It really is about that connection, that deep knowing, that level of comfort that you can feel within a relationship. And that level of comfort that you can feel when someone actually really knows you, you can share the true you with them. And what we find often is with the online relationships, whether that's romantic, platonic, business, whatever it is, you're really just getting that little snapshot of what's wanting to be portrayed rather than the real you. So, Shirley, you're back. Yes, thank God. It was my internet. (laughs) It wasn't even my microphone. My internet just said, whoo. 5G, really? Well, you know, these things happen, and it's not a big deal at all. 
So Shirley, what's been happening in the world of ordinary greatness? What have you been up to? So I am working on some uh, a retreat. I've been doing some research. I, they've been asking for a retreat, so I'm working on a retreat. And July, of course, you're going to be coming here, and we're going to be doing a boot camp. And in August, we're going to be in Lilydale. So I've been working on some really good stuff. And it's so funny that you called me to talk about relationships because I just did some new videos that I'm going to be releasing throughout the next couple of weeks about relationships because that's what everything is about, how we connect and why we connect and what does that connection mean for us. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting because I've been finding a lot of people connecting with me lately, Shirley, I tell my listeners that they've been connecting because they've been feeling really isolated and at the same time talking about how burnt out they feel and unrested and disconnected even from nature. And so it's interesting correlation. And I mean, I'm not the first to mention this, but so many have talked about how even though we're more connected than ever before, so many people are feeling so disconnected. So many people are feeling isolated. They don't know where their tribe is at um, and also really burnt out because that whole stimulating of the mind is happening all the time without any rest. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So are you finding similar things popping up in your world that people are coming to you with these kinds of concerns? Well, you know, a lot of my world, because I'm sexy and single, a lot of my world is online, like it or not. And so many people are connected, but dying of loneliness. So they're really disconnected, though they think they're connected. Very mm-hmm. interesting, right? And it, it is. So um, I wanted to say, you know, I wanted to start with one thing, and, and I'm big on when we talk to people, people are always like nodding their head and yes and yes and yes, and they can't wait to answer you, but they don't always listen, right? And, and so we take that sometimes. Our perception is, oh, they understand what we're saying. So I like to be clear with the words and definitions. So, you know, relationship, the definition of that is a connection, association, or an involvement, a, ne- a connection between persons by blood or marriage or an emotional or other connection between people. So it's a connection, right? So when you make that connection, the most important thing I believe is something that a a very dear friend of mine named Sheila Pearl taught me. And it's intimacy. We talked about, you talked about intimacy, right? It's into me see. So before we can make a connection and create relationships, we have to know what is, Who are we? What's in us? Into me, see, see into yourself so that when you're creating these relationships that they're nurtured properly or you don't nurture them at all because you know who you are. You know who you authentically are, not trying to be something for someone, right? So Mm -hmm. who am I and what do I bring to this ship? Whatever this ship is, what do I bring to it? And let's be honest, what's in it for me? Because today we get trapped in the internet and all of these fake and false things, magazines, movie stars, right? So, so what's in this for me? And should I be in this ship or on this ship? Or should I let this ship sail by? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I love that you bring up that whole piece around intimacy. And it's really about going in within and knowing yourself. And it's funny, I was reflecting the other day. So as you know, Shirley, I've got a house full of teenagers right now. And um, I was reflecting. (laughs) (laughs) And I was reflecting the other day, um, you know, I kind of tease my youngest, Chloe, because I'll say, why don't you go call on one of your friends? And she's like, I'm already on the phone with them. Why would I go call them? I'm like, no, no, like, go to their house. (laughs) Leave leave our home, walk down the street and bang on their door, you know. Um, And I was thinking about when, when I was her age, you know, and I can remember we would pass these notes back and forth and certainly now they're texting, but we would pour our guts and soul into these notes and we'd fold them up really cool and hand them off. And, you know, we were so invested in learning about who we were and not afraid to be raw and vulnerable. 
with the people we trusted, of course. And I can remember how much effort we would put into making sure we wrote each other back and all of that sort of thing. And it's interesting because now watching the youth, like the text, it's just, they're really just sending memes back and forth. I'm not really sure how much connection's actually happening. And it got me really thinking, you know, I'm, I have some of my favorite people still from when I was a kid. And even though we don't see each other for years at a time, I feel like I know them. And I'm wondering you know, where that at now with our youth, with our people who are only able to connect in these very short, tiny synapses of information, where is that connection and how is the relationship building going? So what sorts of things are you noticing with online relationships, with things like that, and actually really connecting? So here's something really funny. I don't know if it's funny, but it is what it is. So on, on, on some of these sites, so I, I always like to talk about our dating because, you know what, we're put on this planet to be loved, to give and receive love. And when there's a disconnection in that, we are disconnected to the world. Mm-hmm. There's something missing, so we're searching, seeking, kind of lost, you know. So it's very interesting. So I'm 52 and sexy. I'm okay with that. I'll be 53 next month, one day after you, after your yes, birthday. Yes, 10 years and one day apart. <laughs> and so um, 50 and 60 and 70-year-old people are using memes too. Mm-hmm. And that's really scary because, as, as we well know, men don't be upset, but, you know, I always keep it real. Men aren't the greatest communicators. The average, let's say that, let's not stereotype. But the average man isn't the greatest communicator, and it's not his fault. He wasn't taught it. You know, he was taught to be brave, to be tough, to do it all, to lift it all, to make it all, to be all. And in that process, sometimes they just forget to be in the present moment and just be human. They're not always Superman. They don't always have to be. And, and so communication is a weakness. And so this gives them another avenue to not communicate properly mm-hmm. and miss out on the, the best thing in life, relationships, friendships. It doesn't necessarily have to mean, you know, an intimate relationship in that respect. Um, and so people are hiding behind it. You see all the time, you know, that they're using memes. And, and I belong to an organization uh, where, you know, you and I met. And sometimes they put up a lot of videos and I want to continue to communicate with them because it takes up a lot of time. So I use memes. I'm always using dancing, funny memes and things like that. And sometimes I look and I say, oh, my God, could you use some English words? Shirley, speak. You're the one who's going to to communicate. So you get sucked into it and it becomes deadly, which is called comfortable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because you can shorten everything with a picture. A picture says a thousand words, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what? I, I think me have a place. They certainly, I know when I see some of yours, I just smile. And even if other people post them, I think of you when I see them. <laughs> because <laughs> they just say Shirley Felder to me. However, you know, it's that deep going another step forward. And, you know, we are really blessed. We got to meet through um, Healthy, Wealthy and Wise. And a few people have said to me, wow, you've really stayed connected. So I'm not involved with Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise anymore because um, I've just been off doing my own thing. But I've had so many people saying, wow, you're so connected. And and there is no secret to it. I just really make an effort to connect. Correct. But that's yeah. the thing, taking the initiative. So first, we have to know who we are, right? So mm-hmm. let's say you and I are talking and, and I look at you and I say, oh, my God, you know, your hair is green today, right? And you're like, what in the heck is wrong with her? My hair is not green, right? So you know who you are. You know what color your hair is. But if for one moment you have a shadow of doubt or disbelief, you will say, is it really? It's a human thing. We, we so care about what people have to say about us or giving, you know, giving their opinion of us, right? And mm-hmm. how many generations, centuries we go back, the fear of someone's opinion or being accepted is still so prevalent today. I mean, look at these poor kids, you know, and all these horrible shootings in schools. It's about them being hurt 
or looking for attention because they weren't the popular one or they were, you know, uh, not accepted into a group. At what point do we not say, oh, my God, this has been centuries of disconnected relationships and that mm-hmm. all we need is a little bit of kindness and, and open our hearts and our minds to people. I don't care if your hair is green. I love you to death. We connected immediately. You know what I mean? And, and so that's the thing. When you walk into a room, the first thing most, again, I'm going to say average women do, and I used to do this, but I've worked on my person and my personal development for the last 26 years, and I am so grateful for that opportunity that someone invited me to do the work of me. But you walk into a room, and your first thing is you see a, a beautiful woman, much thinner than I, and I used to look at her and look at her shoes, and she was in those beautiful, sexy heels. And, you know, and I'd, I'd say an ugly word, like, look at that, mm, right? But Mm -hmm. that wasn't really about her. She didn't do anything to me. That was my connection to her shoes because I know I can't walk in them, but I want to. (laughs) So I made it about her. And so someone who hasn't done the work of themselves, right, on themselves, would make it be all about that other person when it's really mm-hmm. about us. So we have to see into us so how we so that we understand how we nurture the relationships in our lives. So rather than do that today, I walk up to women and I say, girl, you look good, and I love those shoes. I couldn't walk in them. You have my <laughs> utmost respect. You're looking good. But I just want, can I get a picture of those shoes? And now I've taken away my guilt and shame and fear factor of my relationship with those shoes. And I now know how to deal with the shifts in my life. And I've just made a friend and I've made her feel good. And I feel better because I'm not feeling all ugly and judgmental and pointing fingers. And that's really what it's about. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love how you mentioned it had nothing to do with her. It had to do with you and your relationship with the shoes. And I see this a lot. And certainly, I, you know, I can remember times in my life where I've been like that as well. Um, you know, whether it was you know, when I was first in university and I went as a single mom. And I can remember thinking I was so different than every one of those other people. And for the first year, really didn't make very many relationships within the school. Um, fortunately, Christine, if you're listening, you got stuck with me first year because, you know, we're still buddies now. But most people I didn't because I saw myself as different. However, I've learned over the years it's not really that we're different at all. We really are the same. Just as you mentioned, everyone's looking for love. Everyone's looking for kindness. Everyone's looking for respect. And so in order to find those things in other people, we have to find them in ourselves first. And I really had to get to know that that young single mom and accept her as who she was and build that confidence so that I could move past that. And, um, you know, it's amazing the different relationships. I have friends around the world, thank goodness. And it's all just because of what you said, just, you know, growing up and being bold and, and getting to know people and, and things that I'm not familiar with and making new friends because it's all about those intimate connections and getting to know people for who they really are instead of the superficial things that we might be seeing online or through a friend or anything like that. Correct. You know, it's funny how how we built our relationship, our friendship, um, was because of Tristan, my beautiful, beautiful, sexy nephew. And the reason was he stood up in an event we were at, and he spoke about you with such respect and love for you that my connection immediately was because of one of my boys. And so I said, you know, wow, you know, he has such respect for her the same way my Daniel has for me, my Eli um, has for me. And he speaks about her. And when he spoke, he looked at you. And my connection was, I love that kid. And that kid is connected to her. So we have to talk. And, And so right after, I was like, oh, my God, like, how did you get that kid like that? You know, because at 18 years old, kids don't speak like, especially young men. You know, it's not cool for them to to still love their mom and want to hug their mom and hang out with their mom, you know, and he did that. And so that 
created our relationship. So my relationship to the words that came out of his mouth is what created this almost five-year relationship with us. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And not that we didn't know each other before that, um, right. but we hadn't gained that intimate connection as of yet. So, right. so Tristan, thanks, buddy. <laughs> and it continued from there, and it was that consistent checking in. Hey, how are you doing? These types of things that sometimes go unsaid now, um, taking for granted, oh, I know what they're up to because I can see what they posted on Facebook. But really getting to know people on a much deeper level, the whole fine art of getting together and having tea or, you know, just having a girl's night or guy's night if you're listening and you're not into girls' nights. Um, you know, guys having, should really have guys' nights. They should. If they had them, this world would be moving so much further along because they would be able to see into themselves, see other guys the same way that they are and know that you're not so different and you don't have to be tougher and stronger and, and have more, mm-hmm. that we're all human. And that's the beauty of the, the growth of empowerment for women today. Though we still have a lot of cattiness, we have a lot of deprogramming to do, right? Because that's how our relationship, that's the relationships we saw in the past, how they grew from cattiness and jealousy and envy, you know, and those ugly cousins come in the room. But today, women are uniting to change this world, to show that we can and, and will do so much and with numbers, there is power. Mm-hmm. And so those are the relationships now that women are forging, you know, on the congressional level, on the political level. And I don't really like to talk about politics, but you'll start to see if we pay attention, right, to what's going on. We'll start to see some political change because women are gathering as groups and saying, okay, I don't care if your hair is blonde and mine is black. I don't care that you're 350 and I'm 125. We are connected because we want to save this world. We want to live in peace. So you find your affinity, what things make you connect so that you create those bonds and relationships. You're not going to connect with everybody, you know. So uh, I, like to, uh, I like to talk about three ships. They're really important for me. So it's our worships, our relationships, and our hardships. And believe it or not, for me, what I've seen is that they control my life, how I flow in this life, what I choose to worship. If I watch TV, you know, or all the tweets from all the famous people and all the silliness that goes on, and I worship those people who deliver horrible, offensive messages, then what does that do for the relationships as I meet people? I become that person because we're human. We're creatures of habits, right? Mm-hmm. And then our next is our hardships, right? So all of us have gone through some of the same things, just at different times. And we're in different socioeconomic stages, right? So, so many of us have lost loved ones, have had broken relationships, have been used, mistreated, all of those things. Some of us, unfortunately, have been physically abused. So all of our life experiences determine how we treat the most important ship, and that's our relationship with others and the world. And it's so important. Yeah, it really is. I do. It's just so important. So, you know, the, the main thing is, you know, who am I and what do I bring to this world? And not everybody has to change it, right? But you don't just want to be a carbon copy of someone. Be yourself. You know, if you're not super friendly and there's only certain types of people you like, fine, talk to those people. But I challenge you to start to make new friends. Get on new ships. Find new th- if what if what you've been doing isn't working, what does it what does it hurt to meet new people, to get in your car and drive three hours to a new location and not know a soul? Smile at somebody, walk into a store and see a pair of shoes and say, Those are sexy shoes. You want to see the conversation created with that one? I'm telling you, it's the best <laughs> one liner I ever had for relationships. <laughs> Men or women. <laughs> 
Absolutely. And, you know, it, it all comes down to systems. And, and for those that have worked with me, I am a big systems theorist um, because that's what I based my whole career on when I was in social work was really my platform. And I've carried it on into the coaching because when it comes to relationships and knowing that relationships are the key it doesn't matter if people are coming to me for business coaching or one-on-one coaching or trauma coaching. It always comes back to the relationships. Always. At the end of the day, that's where it comes back. Whether it's a relationship with yourself, relationship with others, relationship with your employer, that's where it always comes back to. And so the way I like to explain it is if you can imagine yourself in this bubble and your work is another bubble and your home life is another bubble and your relationship with your partner is another one and your friends are another one and all of these bubbles overlap that's how quickly your energy is moving out into other people's bubbles other people's relationships and um you know so when it comes to these things around like Shirley was saying worship relationship and hardships you can imagine if you had a hardship at work you bring that home to that bubble then your kids get upset because you haven't been so friendly and they take it to their bubble and it just grows from there. However, if we can remember that it's just a snapshot in time, it's, it's an event, not, not a lifetime and shift that before we interact with our other bubbles, then instead we can spread that loving kindness because we've shown the loving kindness to us first. And so I really love how you put it out into those three different things, because that's what it really comes down to, those hardships that we've gone through and seeing them as commonalities and platforms for growth, as opposed to anchors pulling our ships down. You know, she's probably going to kill me, but at this point, she's 31 years old. She's not used to me just letting it be all out there. I don't know when she will be. But, you know, I can talk about my relationship with my daughter. Um, I had her when I was 21. I was told I could never have kids. And so I was really at a crossroads, like, what am I going to do with this thing inside of me? I couldn't ask how'd you get there. You already knew that. Now the question was, what was I going to do? And then once I had her, you know, as some of the listeners who have listened to us before know that my mother died when I was 12 and she was only 39. So though I, you know, was raised by my aunt, I didn't, it was a different kind of relationship and bond. And and I could talk about that relationship later because my daughter and I had a tough relationship in the beginning I really wasn't mother material. Now, if you know me today, you wouldn't believe that, (laughs) but I wasn't mothering material. I was an extreme athlete and I had zero patience and tolerance for anything that whined or pooped or couldn't tell you what, what it needed or wanted. And so I literally remember, and this is important for any parents who are listening or any, any people who are listening and planning on having children, be careful what you say to them, I beg of you, because I remember listening to people talk about the children, their babies, and saying, oh, if you hold and coddle them too much, you know, you'll spoil them, and you shouldn't hold them all the time, and show them all that attention, and and if you talk to some people who are in mental institutes today, I bet you, you'll get a lot of them who say they wish they were held more. They wish that they were spoken to more. They wish that they had more communication with their parents, right? Uh, and then if you speak to adults who have relationship issues um, who are well-to-do, I bet you'll get from them, I wish I just had time mm-hmm. with my parents as opposed to all those gifts. So my, my, my beginnings with my daughter were very difficult because all I knew is I shouldn't spoil her. I'll ruin her as an adult. I shouldn't hold her all the time when she cries. Well, those are messages she was giving me. I need attention, love, I've pooped, I'm hungry. But because my mother wasn't here to teach me those things, and I was a single mom by myself, I had brothers, what do they know? You know? <laughs> and so, so therefore, it was tough for me, and she missed out on some of that relationship stuff. But here's the beauty of it. The beauty of it is that I don't know where she got it, and I'm thankful for the stars above, but because I had those hardships, 
about dealing with her as a baby and not understanding and I wasn't educated and informed and took all these parenting classes that you can get today, my daughter sought those things out for herself as a mother to her children. And she's a fabulous, fabulous mm-hmm. mother. Sometimes I shake my head and like, oh, my God, is she really just doing all of that stuff? But if you ever met my grandchildren, and not because they're my grandchildren, but if you ever met my grandchildren or any of the children that she has spent time with and taught as an adult, now as a child, she was a monster, you hear me? She did not play <laughs> well with others in the sand pit. But as an adult, she she got with herself. And, you know, subliminally, our children learn. That's why you need to watch what we say to them about relationships in life. And so she saw me working on myself for most of her life. She didn't know what it meant, but if you talk to her today, you would think you're sitting right next to me times 50, <laughs> you know. And so she watched me. Um, meet amazing people. She watched me step out of my comfort zone and try things and create relationships. And so she'll walk in a room and the first thing she does is give them that big old, that big old smile. And that warms people up and she creates relationships and she's tough. She's tougher than me, but the people that choose to like her and love her and create relationships with her, trust her, know that she's authentic, but more importantly, know that she is there to create a bond with them and their children. And that's what she does. But she sought it out because she didn't get it. Now, some people go the opposite way because they didn't get it. They're angry and rebellious. So our beginnings were tough. I didn't nurture her and coddle her. I mean, if she fell, I can laugh today, but we would probably call it, you know, neglect or cruelty today. (laughs) But she would fall and be all bruised up. And I'm like, are you bleeding? Are you dead? no then get up and keep going and it was only because (laughs) I wasn't taught how to make that relationship with her so I thought just being tough and not being all like like if Jude falls now first she'll say are are you are you hurt are you dead she'll make fun Woo! and I'm like you're laughing the boy fell she's like ma I got this And the next thing you know, he's not crying. He's fine. And, and yeah, he could be having an ounce of blood pour out of him a second. He's like, whoa. I'm like, all right. I guess she's got this, you know. So it's all about that relationship that you make. So when Jude falls down, there's a relationship that she's created, a connection to him hitting the ground to make him funny sounds. And he gets over it. Yeah. And, and that's another form of relationship. What, how you create the connection to something that has affected you or made an impression on you or even that you have fear of. Because, you know, that fear word is a a huge word in our lives. And that prevents a lot of strong relationships. Absolutely, it does. And, you know, first I want to echo Jasmine really is a fantastic mother. Listen to the archives. I've had her on the show before. Um, So, Jasmine, if you're listening, we love you. Um, secondly, I just want to really remind you and remind Jasmine that from a soul level, she chose you. So she knew you didn't have an instruction manual. She knew that you were just going to wing it. <laughs> so she chose you anyway Literally. because you had what she needed. So, um, you know, you really are part of the reason that she is such a fantastic mother. And, you know, for that reason... I give gratitude to my mother every day. She as well, she did not have a whole lot in the way of nurturing or motherly skills. Um, very self-involved and things like that, but that's okay. That's her programming. And I'm grateful for it because it allowed me to know that wasn't a fit for me as a mom. I needed to do something different. And so I would seek out other role models and different things. And sometimes it was a matter of saying, what would my mom do? Okay, I'm going to do the opposite. I'm going to give it a wing, a shot. Let's see what happens. And so we have people who come in our life, not because they're perfect, but because they have something to teach us. And as a result, in most cases, both parties get to grow a little bit. And in some cases, one party might fall behind And that's okay because not everybody's supposed to be there for life necessarily. We gather the lessons and we do the teachings and then, and then we move on because we've been blessed with so many opportunities. You think of how many people there are on this planet. That's how many opportunities we have for a relationship. 
and opportunities to grow and learn something. It's just absolutely incredible when we think about it from that perspective. Very true. You know, um, I want to touch on you. You brought up something about people that come in our lives and teach us something. Mm-hmm. So, um, unfortunately, for some of those who may may not like it, uh, I'll say that. And for those who who will get the messages from this, I spend a lot of time, most of my life, with men. Um, I have nine brothers. I've employed over 150 men over the last 27 years. I was married for 18 years, um, and so I spent you. Know, and that brought me two brother-in-laws as well. <laughs> And then I dated someone who had seven brothers. So I've been, and I was an athlete. So I've been surrounded by men most of my life. And if you put me in a room of women and a room of men, unfortunately, I'd have to say that I'm more comfortable with men because, you know, I don't need to be in competition with them. They just want to know what in the heck is this crazy chicken, this room for, right? So, but here's the thing. I met a gentleman and I want to share his story. Um, on a dating site. He's 76 years old. Now, I know some of the people are like, what is wrong with you, chick? You're 52. He's 76, right? And no, he's not rich or anything else. Um, And even if he was, I wouldn't take his money. I'd probably be the idiot that gave him all of mine, right? (laughs) But here's the thing. I, I said, you know, like, he just kept sending me messages. Hey, beautiful. How are you? And I'm saying to myself, like, is this guy like blind? Is he reading Braille? And he doesn't see that I'm 52 you know, kind of on the busty side, and, you know, there's just no real relationship here. That was in my brain. That was my old thinking, right? And and I believe, you know, because we're going to be doing a workshop in Lilydale about messages and messengers and voices and things have a meaning and nothing happens by accident, right? So after the fifth message, I said, okay, you always speak to everyone because you never know where someone is at that point in their life of the day. And you could be the person that pushes them off the bridge or pulls them back onto land, right? Onto a solid foundation. So I said, you know, good morning. How are you? Thank you so much for reaching out to me. And then I had to be my silly self and says, you did read my age, right? And he said, absolutely. He said, I might be crazy, but I'm not blind. And I said, okay. I said, okay, well, well, how are you today? And, you know, like, what are you looking for? I didn't even know how to strike a conversation with me. 76, I, I, in my brain, there's no relationship possible there. But I was thinking about an intimate relationship, you know, like on the site. But that's not what we're really there for sometimes. If someone connects, like you said, somebody is drawn to you or sent to you, right, Sam? Um, Absolutely. You know, so so I said, okay, I'm just, I'm just going to have this conversation. What the heck? And... So we connected, we spoke for about a week or two, and then he asked me for my phone number so that I had to have a conversation with self, remember who I am, what would I possibly bring to this, this ship that, that Mike and I are creating, and, and is it worth my time, you know? And I said, you know what, first of all, he's 76. In his messages, it had so much spirit and spunk and life and we're taught, you know, at 76, you're old, your time, you know, you're on your way down the hill. All these negative things were taught. So I give him my number. We exchange phone numbers. And we have been talking for about, a, I want to say almost two months now. He's 76 years old. He lives in Pennsylvania. And he's my new buddy because he needed a friend. But more importantly, he told me a story that I shared with Jasmine. And, look, I'm about to cry now. And he told me a story about living your life every day as if every moment is going to be your last breath. And he has had 10 knee replacement surgeries. He's retired from the military. Um, He just had his cataracts done. He has a back replacement, some pins and needles and things in his back, you know, whatever, screws I meant. And this man is funny and laughs every day and he was telling me about his grandchildren and he told me about one of his granddaughters um marie ann was her name and they knew that when uh his daughter-in-law was pregnant with her that she was not going to live but she had to carry her you know to term and i don't know what the name of the illness is you may know but it's when the brain the skull doesn't close completely 
and develop. It doesn't develop completely. And so they said, he said the prognosis of whatever this illness was, that she would only live, you know, possibly two hours out of the womb, okay? So they were all prepared for all of this. And, and I'm saying, where is he going with this story? <laughs> like, why is he telling me about this? And, and, and I was, the reason he was telling me stories, because I said to him, like, you have so much spunk and, you know, life in you. Like, why are you wasting your time with a 52-year-old woman who has, you know, absolutely no sexual interest in you? He says, because every relationship is important. Every breath you take is important. And who knows, someday I might leave you with a message that may change your life. So when you say that to Shirley, she shuts up and mm-hmm. I want, you know, so I said, okay, Mike, tell me the story. So he says, so every child um, that's born, he's there for his grandchildren and he sings them a Dean Martin or Frank Sinatra song. Now I know some people would never believe that I could probably sing you any one of their songs, but I am a big fan of them and the Rat Pack. So that was a connection right there. That was an affinity with me and Mike. We like Frank and Dean Martin. And so um, he said, so when, when his daughter-in-law had Marie Ann, they set him down in the rocking chair and they gave her to him. And he, and he was like, well, what are you doing? She's not going to live long. You know, you spend time with her. And they said, no, Pop Pop, you do what you always do for the grandbabies. And he started singing to her. He said, and before you knew it, it, three hours had passed, and he was just rocking in that chair and singing to her, and she had lived one hour longer already than was expected. Incredible. And said, yeah, and so look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cry. So, <laughs> so he said, she lived for seven hours. He said, I was given the honor of allowing my granddaughter to live for seven hours in my presence, but for three and a half of them in my arms. He said, I could die tomorrow and know I've lived my life's purpose, but I plan on living a long time, hot stuff, so when can we go to lunch? After he tells that story, <laughs> I mean, he's making me cry. <laughs> so, so, right, so right there, here's this man telling me about love and relationships and you know me I'm always talking about our purpose on this planet and and he just defined his after living 76 years being in the military serving his country doing you know having three beautiful sons and married forever and his wife just died two years ago I think it was so God bless him you know for being in a relationship that long but his story was to me is that honey you got to live every moment as if it's your last breath you're going to take and don't miss opportunities to meet people, to make a friend or to save a life. Mm-hmm. And I was so done. But if I was the old undeveloped person, I would have been like, what does this old man want with me? And deleted, blocked, whatever. And so I've had many relationships like that, but you know what? I'd be wasting my time with some deadbeat you know, or somebody not looking for the right things in a ship. And here I am talking to this, this, you know, 76 year old man who's teaching me about life. And so he was sent to give me that message. And it was a beautiful thing. That's beautiful. Yeah. And that's the power of different types of relationships. You know, there's all kinds of relationships. And so that was a beautiful thing about life and story. So I make it a happy, my daughter and my niece always used to say that I collect old people, but what I'm collecting is wisdom. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what I love about you, Shirley, is you share that wisdom on, you don't keep it all for yourself. So thank you for that. Well, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. And you know, you, you, you always give me that opportunity. You know, when we talk about, I'm not going to let you get away uh, this conversation without talking about the relationship that, that you and I have, um, we've both nurtured it, but I will say that you've been an incredible mentor and friend to me because if you don't hear from me, you make for sure you connect. And if there's an opportunity to plug me in somewhere, you do that. And so you've helped me grow um, tremendously in, in my life coaching business and my motivational speaking business because there, I don't know, again, you know, you, you have secrets. I won't talk about them just yet. And I won't say secrets. <laughs> you have gifts. 
but sometimes someone tells you to send me a message just on the day that I'm like, all right, what are you doing? Who are you? You know, sometimes we go through those imposter syndrome things, you know, we're human and we have to get back on the boat, back on the ship and start sailing back down the road to our purpose. And some days I say, you know, what are you doing? Who are you to talk to these people? Who are you to deliver that message? What makes you think you're the person? And then boom, there goes that ding. And there's a message from Sam. Hey, what are you doing? Hey, I've got an idea. And I'm like, oh my God, thank you <laughs> for that message to get up off your butt and stop having a pity party and get back to work because I was given a gift and there are people like you in my life that remind me every now and then when I question or doubt myself. And I thank you. Thank you. Thank you for our relationship. Oh, and I thank you. I thank you. And you know, there's no secret. I just trust the messages I receive. And so if I've got Shirley on the brain, then I know I need to connect with you. And it always works out perfectly. I just trust and go with it. It's so funny because, you know, I used to second guess a lot. I get in my head. Um, And now I don't do that quite as much. I just kind of go, oh, that's kind of cool. I wonder where this is going to take me. (laughs) It's like a new adventure every day. (laughs) You just trust that. But it brings me to wonderful people and places. And, and I, you know, I want to stress while we're on this topic, it comes down to being reciprocal in relationships. So our relationship works so well because we both are invested and we both give and love and receive and we're both opening to growing. And what I'm, what I see a lot when people come to me for, you know, either relationship coaching or things like that, sometimes what the theme is, is that both parties aren't as invested as one. And so what I usually do is I bring it back down to, Rather than doing, you know, relationship coaching, how about we do self-coaching first? Like what's going on with the relationship within you so that you can come to the table as one whole person as opposed to half a person seeking another half a person. And you, my friend, are a whole person. So it makes it very easy to promote you and love you and share you because you're just doing your thing. And so I, I want to challenge out there, if you're finding, you know, relationship imbalances and, and things like that, ask yourself a couple key questions. First of all, are you a helper or a fixer? Like, are you one that's jumping right in and fixing everything for each other, for everybody? Because what happens sometimes if people are willing to jump in and, and do all the work in the relationship, the other person doesn't have to be as invested. But what happens is, they kind of resent you for doing it all and you resent them for not showing up. So it's not reciprocal. So, um, so that's one of my, my little tips there is just to go within and, and self-reflect on what is it that I'm bringing to the table and do I love myself so that I am one whole complete person or am I just a half a person looking for another half person to complete me? What do you think, Shirley? I like those. You know me, those are sexy questions. You know, I'm mm-hmm. stealing them, by the way. I'm borrowing and stealing and all of yes, that other stuff. they're there for that. I like We're those all questions. one universal con- consciousness. It's, if I've got it, somebody else has got it, too. So share away. But yeah, do you I, find I, that I as can... well with people that you're working with, Shirley? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it, when people say, you know, um, he doesn't do anything for me or she doesn't do anything for me, you know, mm-hmm. when I'm coaching – and, and and I say, well, you know, what is it you do for you, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. What, what do you do for you? Because we teach people how to treat us, right? So, Absolutely. you know, my, my, my infamous thing, my, my infamous thing that I'm known for is that I wake up every morning and there's a, you know, you've been in my bedroom, there's a big, long, full mirror. On my way to the potty, as soon as I get out of that bed, I stop, even though I'm in an emergency state. <laughs> I stop and I look and I say, damn, you're sexy. And so, therefore, I start my day with my belief that all 245 beautiful pounds of me, all lumpy and bumpy and fluffy, I'm sexy. So when I walk out of my door to the ugly world, People see it in my step. People see it in the way I walk, in the way I approach things. You know, somebody could walk right past me and, and, and bump me. The old trailer would be like, you got a problem? 
That's the old Shirley. The new Shirley is like, oh, thanks, I needed to be woken up today. You know, <laughs> something of that nature as opposed to nastiness. And then the people, sometimes you don't know their status, what's going on with them. They didn't even realize they did it. They're in such a rush or their mind is somewhere else. They're not present. And right away, we think it's all about us. We're mm-hmm. important. We're not that important <laughs> that everything has to be about us. And well, and you know, my thing. favorite, my favorite one is just saying it has nothing to do with you. Right. It it has nothing to do. Nothing with at, at all. all. You know, and 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 I can recall, you know, even myself being in relationships in the past, and I was a fixer. I did everything. Well, if I did everything, why am I mad at him? Because he did nothing. There was nothing left for him to do. Yeah. Right? So, you know, he was this and he was that and he didn't do and he didn't do. Well, I didn't leave him any room to do anything. So I feel sorry for the men I meet today because you don't need to do everything, buddy. (laughs) I'll jump in at the end. You know, because I'm tired. (laughs) I'm tired of doing everything. But, But honestly, you know, think about that. For the listeners who are out there, you know, we, we want to fix everything, especially women. We we come out of the womb nurturing. It's it's who we are. It's it's our DNA, right? For the most, the average, for the most, yeah. it's our DNA. We want to fix everything. We want to make everything better. Not everything is broken. It's just the way it's supposed to be. Dag it, you know. Mm-hmm. And just find your place, right? Just find your place in those puzzle pieces and put together what applies to you and what doesn't. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. Absolutely. And, and, you know, Absolutely. I learned, I learned about, I call it my sexy, um, you know, that's my favorite word, but I learned about um, my sexy. It's going on almost six years ago today. And, and so I call myself a late bloomer. <laughs> um, and I didn't, I thought that, I thought that feeling successful and, powerful and all of these things that we're taught we need to feel was really about my physical attributes right and my brain a little bit but mostly about physical and and it's really about our perception our own perception you know and I'm going to always go back to this when we're talking about relationships our relationship with things our relationship with ourselves right oh my goodness yeah how many people really look at us and say you're fat you're short, you don't belong, you're ugly. That's our relationship with what we see on TV and in a magazine. Mm-hmm. Very few people have a set of balls to look you in the face and say that, okay? They might think it, but I don't even know if people think it. I think it's, re- I'm going to say it's 90% of our own perception. I'm, I'm going to go with 95%. And so we have to decide how we see ourselves and teach other people how to perceive us, how to receive us, right? And then teach them how to treat us. And it's all about how we treat our our own relationships with self. So, you know, periodically going for self-care. And, you know, again, I'm going to go back to Tristan for a minute, um, which I find funny because anytime I walk in my backyard, Sam, all I could do is think about Tristan and his story about and Shirley, you just have to go in the woods and take your shoes off and I'm going to take you camping and go to walk. And my first thought was, oh my God, ants and bugs and gross and ew, right? <laughs> but when I walk in my backyard, all I see is Tristan's face because I know I need to be right in that grass and next to those beautiful trees. And that's when I get my, my best, best thoughts is when I'm being mm-hmm. true to myself in nature, quiet, no music, no cell phone, listening to the wind blow. And I'm like, all right, Shirley, what's your deal today? What's this feeling about? And when you have those feelings, you have to address them. Because if you don't, as soon as you meet the next person and the next person calls you or contacts, your connection, your relationship with that next person will be affected by whatever has been triggering you in a negative way. And they're going to reap the benefits of you not being whole, but being half of you and expecting the next person to fix it for you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, if you're listening, just trust us, that whole vitamin nature thing. 
it it really really works wonders and it's interesting because I take a lot of my business clients out in nature and do the barefoot um, situation no phone no nothing and it's amazing the ideas that they come up with the brainstorming for their business and and they're always like Sam we don't have time I'm like just just trust the process (laughs) we're going for a walk (laughs) and it works every time every single time I haven't yet had somebody where it didn't work and I mean I'm talking some some of these people no offense but they are not connected to mother earth let me tell you they are very much comfortable in the concrete jungle and just taking them out of that go and you can find a tree almost anywhere right so just go and connect with nature and and that reconnection with the earth and with your true self that's where those ideas come flowing come flowing and you know surely you're going to get lots of nature time when we're at Lilydale because there is a beautiful fairy forest and there's also um, the woods that lead to the stumps. So you'll get to visit those places when we're in Lilydale. And if anyone's interested in being with Shirley and I in Lilydale, we will be there on August 28th. I've got the link right in the description of the show. So you can click on there or go to the Lilydale assembly website, which is www lilydaleassembly.org and there's fantastic workshops all summer long beautiful guest houses that you can stay in there's also the hotel um, with some beautiful rocking chairs on the porch people really love to connect there so much going on so I really encourage you check Lilydale out this summer and in particular join Shirley and I on August 28th tickets are on sale now and if you book your tickets before may 31st you actually get the early bird pricing so there's still some time left for that and as shirley mentioned at the beginning of the show i will be heading to ordinary greatness we are going to be there is it july 27th shirley i'm yes, pretty sure it's july 27th i will be offering chakra boot camp we're going to be having a potluck dinner underneath shirley's pavilion beautiful setting wonderful chakra boot camp training and um, it's going to be wonderful so you can register for that as well and surely for our listeners that want to connect with you or interested in getting some coaching or just getting a little bit more of your magical wisdom how can people find you so they can find me at www.shirleyfelder.com or facebook or instagram on instagram on big mama shirl you'll see all my uh, recipes when I am bored or I'm looking for ideas, I go into my lab, what I call the kitchen, and I make love to the palate and the brain. Um, and you can find me there on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, and my phone number is 845-642-8506. And I am always, always available to create a conversation and to nurture a relationship. Awesome. Awesome. And I have Shirley's website also in the description. If you have loved today's show, please consider subscribing. We're on iTunes, also on Blog Talk Radio. And if you're looking to connect with me, you can do that at www.samblack.ca or www.consciouslycreatingwithsam.com. I'm also on Facebook, Sam Black Psychic Medium, and or Coaching Solutions with Sam Black, on Instagram, Sam Black Psychic Medium, and also on Twitter. I'm so excited to connect with each of you. I'm so grateful to you, Shirley, for joining us today. Um, As always, lots of food for thought whenever you're on the show. Please join us next week. I will have Julie Ellen Sempera. We're going to be talking all about keeping pace and staying on the path of your journey And I hope that you all have an absolutely beautiful day. So much love and gratitude to you, Shirley. Thanks so much again for coming on the show. My pleasure. And, you know, I'm always grateful for our relationship and my my beautiful nephew, Tristan, who who was the glue to to bring us together. Uh, And I am thankful, thankful for your your love, belief, and encouragement in, in the work that I do always. Thank you for the Thank bottom of my heart. Thank you. And same back to you. I love you lots. All Thanks. right, guys. Have a beautiful day. We're sending you all so much love. Take good care and be good to yourself. <laughs>